This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. It's Rico Daily. I'm Adam Clark Estes. In 2006, Jack Dorsey, one of the co-founders of Twitter, sent out the very first tweet. It read, just setting up my Twitter. And that's spelled T-W-T-T-R, as was the style at the time. Might sound boring, but it actually captures Jack Dorsey's personality perfectly. He's venturing into unknown digital territory with a dry demeanor and plans to innovate. Well, more than 15 years since that first tweet, Jack is signing off. We're following breaking news this hour. Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey has announced he's stepping down. The company's chief technology officer, Parag Agrawal, is taking over. He was appointed by Twitter's board of directors in a unanimous vote. Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey has resigned from the social media giant. Dorsey confirmed the news with a tweet. Here to help us break down what that means and what's next for Twitter is Recode Shireen Ghaffari. Hey, Shireen. Hey, Adam. So for starters, why did Jack step down? So we don't know for sure, and we're probably going to find out a lot more in the coming days. But there are some reasons here that people are speculating about. One is that, you know, for a while now, an activist investor group called Elliott Management, which they own a lot of shares in Twitter, they have been trying to push Jack Dorsey out, saying that he is distracted as a leader and that he's not doing enough to grow Twitter's profit. So this could be a result of the pressure that they've been putting on Twitter's board to push out Dorsey. Or, you know, it could be a combination of things. It could be that Dorsey is tired of running the company he's been running for over a decade, right? So he may be at this point tired of of the responsibility. And he also runs another big company. He is the CEO of Square, the payments company. So he he could just be sort of bogged down. In the letter he sent to his staff, Dorsey talked a lot about how companies should separate from their founders. What's that all about? Yeah, so Dorsey in his resignation memo, which he sent to Twitter and then publicly tweeted to the world, uh, said that a company can you know stand on its own, free of its founder's influence or direction. He's been famously hands-off, Dorsey, in in delegating some key decisions, um, like whether or not to get rid of President Donald Trump from the platform. He actually, you know, let his team make that call while he was reportedly vacationing in French Polynesia and just signed off on it. So the the note kind of makes sense that Dorsey's sort of talking about um, how once companies grow from startups into being, you know, real grown-up major companies that uh, founders you know should take a step back. And in his letter, he said he's choosing to put Twitter over his own ego by handing off the leadership to someone else. Huh. Do you think that could be a dig at Mark Zuckerberg? Yeah, I think it could definitely be read as a dig at Zuckerberg, who founded Facebook 17 years ago and is still in full control of it and has no intentions of stepping down. But Zuckerberg 
is in a really different position because he negotiated from the get-go to have unilateral control over his board, meaning it is basically impossible or almost impossible for Zuckerberg to get kicked out of his board and have the kind of pressure that Dorsey had from Elliott management or other investors to leave. And you mentioned a second ago that this isn't the first time Jack Dorsey has resigned as CEO of Twitter. Tell me more about that history there. Yeah, so Jack Dorsey actually stepped down as CEO in 2008. There was a situation there where, again, the board pressured Dorsey to step down, thought that Twitter could be managed better. But then he ended up coming back in 2015 in kind of a Steve Jobs-style return because the company wasn't doing that much better without him. And... Dorsey's return was celebrated, I think, by a lot of his staff, but ultimately outside stakeholders like Elliot, uh, some of them became impatient with the pace of Twitter's growth. Remember, Twitter is nowhere near as big in terms of users or profit as companies like Facebook or Google, which owns YouTube. They tried to push Jack Dorsey out. And Elliot's case a year ago was that Dorsey was, you know, allegedly dividing his attention, that he had too many other projects going on. He's also the head of this other company and basically have been very aggressively trying to get him to go. But just to be clear here, Twitter's stock price hasn't exactly gone down with Dorsey at the helm, right? That's right. So, you know, in the past uh, couple of months, Twitter's kind of had a bit of a turnaround in that the company has started to launch a bunch of new uh, ways to monetize their products. They have like a paid subscription version of Twitter. They have newsletters. And so, you know, the company's uh, financial performance has been pretty good. They've had some strong quarters. But that doesn't stop the fact that Dorsey is a philosophical and sort of multitasking type of leader. He's been working on this decentralized social media ecosystem called Blue Sky. He's really into crypto and he has a lot of personal endeavors. I mean, the guy likes to travel. So I think that ultimately, even though Twitter's been doing better, like fundamentally, it was still very much the Dorsey era. And it seems like firms like Elliott Management still didn't think he was the right leader. So it sounds like you're saying that you do think this dispute with Elliott management ultimately led to what's happening now? I don't think we know for certain, but Elliott management uh, certainly put into place, I mean, a, a succession plan for Jack eventually leaving the company. We don't know if that succession plan was the one that Twitter ended up following. It could be that Dorsey just wanted to bow out gracefully before the succession plan uh, in the future was set to to come to term. So we don't know for sure that it's 100% because of Elliot at this moment, but we know that that definitely contributed to the pressure on Dorsey to leave. So let's talk about succession, not the popular HBO show, but actually the future of Twitter. The person replacing Dorsey is a guy named Parag Agarwal. What do we know about him? Yeah, so he is uh, kind of an interesting and unexpected pick uh, because he's not some like flashy outside executive and he's actually not one of the more visible or uh, public executives at Twitter. But he is a longtime Twitter employee. He's currently or, you know, he was until recently the chief technology officer, Um, you know, smart guy, has a PhD uh, from Stanford in engineering and he was the one in charge of executing Dorsey's grant 
brand visions to build this centralized version of social media built on blockchain technology, which would let users pick their flavor of social media um, news feeds and pick their own algorithms and things like that. Of course, this project is in its early phases, so you know we haven't seen Dorsey's Blue Sky Vision come to fruition, but I'm told that Agrawal is a leader who was known to be a good guy to execute plans and pretty focused. And so I think he has a lot of credibility within the company's rank and file. And looking ahead, what are the big goals for Twitter that Dorsey left in Agarwal's hands? Yeah, so Twitter's still kind of under fire to perform and scale and grow and become, you know, as big or or closer to as big as the other major social media companies. So Twitter aims to have 315 million monetizable daily active users by the end of 2023. It wants to double its daily revenue by then to at least 7.5 billion. So those are some hefty goals for Agrawal. And You know, he's well-trusted, I think, by Dorsey. He's a confidant of Dorsey to do this. Dorsey said in his letter that Agarwal has been his replacement of choice for a while because he really understands the company and has helped make some key decisions. And it wasn't just Dorsey who chose Agarwal. He was appointed unanimously and has received praise not only from Dorsey, but also, you know, Twitter stakeholders, including the infamous Elliott management, who said they approve of the new man in charge. And as the Dorsey era comes to an end, What does this mean for Twitter users? Do we know yet? There's a lot we still don't know. I think the the pick of Agarwal is a pretty status quo pick, meaning that we have no reason to believe so far he's going to do anything radically different than the Dorsey, at least in the near term. But he's his own CEO. He can make his own plans. And I think in the coming weeks, we should find out about how the company might change under Agarwal. What about for Silicon Valley? What does this signal about the state of big tech in general? I think Dorsey's exit is another example of a trend with a lot of these major tech companies that were startups just a decade ago. It's that now big tech has gotten so big that it no longer needs these demigod-like founders at the helm. So if you think about it, Jeff Bezos, you know, former CEO of Amazon, is no longer CEO of Amazon. Steve Jobs of Apple, of course, passed away, but did, you know, sort of choose his successor before his death. Sergey Brin and Larry Page of Google all all of these guys turned over their companies to you know, trusted stewards who were already working at these firms. And they're all people who had more low-key personas. They're not sort of the brilliant jerks or oddball visionaries that, that may be the ones who start the companies, but they're the ones expected to help the companies grow up. So what's next for Jack Dorsey? Well, he'll still be a member of Twitter's board until at least next year, and he'll help transition Agarwal into the role. And he'll probably have more time now to focus on his crypto projects, you know, maybe, who knows, build his own decentralized social media network. And he also is running another major company, Square. So I guess he'll have more time to be the fully dedicated CEO of that. So it's fair to say that some of Dorsey's more creative side projects aren't going away. But what legacy does Dorsey leave behind? Yeah, I think Dorsey was really a Silicon Valley icon. He was an unconventional leader. He ran the company a little differently than than other social media CEOs. You know, he he was a thoughtful guy. Uh, the company had the same issues as all the other social media platforms around hate speech and harassment. But Twitter did get some praise in the academic community for being relatively transparent compared to some of the other 
major companies like Facebook. And the company did build this immense influence as the platform of choice for important people, for world leaders like Trump, for journalists, for celebrities. And so it never had quite the scale of a Facebook um, or a YouTube, but it had that zeitgeist of being the place where all these important people are having these conversations. I think that Dorsey's leaving Twitter kind of on a high note. It's in a place of relative strength. And, you know, he may have been an absent CEO at times, but he was nevertheless respected for being kind of a creative, visionary leader and being a little eccentric. I mean, he was the guy who had a nose ring and a wizard beard and didn't really care what people thought about it. And I think I think that's part of the legacy he leaves behind, too. Shireen, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to Rico Daily. This episode was produced by Alan Rodriguez Espinosa and Tori Dominguez. It was engineered by Paul Robert Mouncey.